What more can one say? This is game seven. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Little Hockey Podcast. As always, we're your hosts. I'm Keegan here with my brother, Jordan. Say hi, Jordan. Hey, friends. And before we get started, be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at Little Hockey Pod. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Follow us or subscribe on anywhere you get your podcasts. And at the beginning of every show, we like to thank Blue Wire Hustle Network of Podcasts for having us as part of their network of podcasts. It's been great. They've been helping us out a lot, and we've been noticing a bit of growth with them as well. So thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for having us. Um, And with all that out of the way, Jordan, let's get a quick betting update as we go because the Sense game's on, and I'm getting really excited to watch it while you talk about this. Um, Yeah, there's not a whole whole lot more to update anybody about. Um, Oh, no? No, it's... uh, it's it's still going back and forth between like I'll win a little bit one night, or or yeah. like this past weekend, four straight days of wins followed by two nights that entirely wiped out all of those winnings, um, and that's so multiple days of small wins and a couple days of catastrophic losses. Yeah, like one gigantic day where like Carolina, Winnipeg, and like Anaheim always loses, but like that was kind of a hope and a prayer on that one, but like. Carolina lost to Dallas and I don't know, maybe I should have been smarter and, and Winnipeg always loses to Edmonton, but either way, like it, it does suck when like all of your bets in a night go the wrong way, which uh, happened the other night. And that's like the second or third time this month that I have gone an entire night without winning a single one of my bets. And I'm just looking and it's like two times in the past week. Um, there is a third time this month, zero wins on multiple bets in a night. And yeah, three times this month by the looks of it, as, as well as some nights where I made like 11 bets in one, like between one and three of them. So it's, it's just absolutely brutal. Um, Minnesota the, wild still doing you good. Minnesota wild are still doing good for me. Yeah. Like last, I think it was after our last episode where I, I bet on them well to beat San Jose, like, of course they're going to beat San Jose yeah um, they the night before that they beat the kings yeah they're so they're like seven or eight and two now when i bet on them this month which is amazing uh everybody else sucks and i hate them but tonight kind of interesting um i made a uh my first player prop bet on a game for uh connor mcdavid to get more or to get at least two points tonight against the uh the jets and i did that because i was listening to um hockey central at noon on um the Sportsnet app and justin Bourne said that uh mcdavid has gotten at least two points in every single game against the jets this season so uh here's hoping he continues that trend tonight 
Yeah, that'd be a little nice for you, eh? It would be, but that's also ridiculous. He's played the Jets like eight times, seven or eight times, and he has scored two points at least in every single one of them. Yeah, but he in nine games against Ottawa, he had 21 points. Yeah, but that's the last place team, not the second place team for the majority of the season. And the, the, the Oilers most likely playoff matchup too. Wait. Oh, yeah, because it's two and three. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Because I was thinking, like, wait, I thought everybody was saying that Winnipeg and Toronto would be playing against each other. So, no, they're talking second round. Yeah, which it, it doesn't seem like that's going to happen, right? The, it's In all likelihood, it's going to be the Leafs and Oilers. If you go based off of, like, the likely matchups and how those teams kind of stack up against, or st- have stacked up against each other throughout the season, and it'll be the Leafs and Habs. And for the most part, the Leafs have played pretty well against the Habs. Not to mention Montreal has been playing terribly lately. And then uh, I guess jumping into our quick hits here, um, uh, Jonathan Drouin announced today, or the, the Canadians announced today that he's taking an uh, indefinite leave of absence from the team. So who, yeah, who, who knows what, if, if he'll be back for the playoffs? Yeah, for personal reasons. So they, they didn't say anything other than that. They did put him on long-term injured reserve. Um, I don't know if it's an injury that he's off dealing with, or if that's just kind of standard procedure for when somebody takes a leave of absence from the team for an extended period of time, they can uh, like the team can put them on long-term injured reserve. I, I don't know. It just means that he has to miss like 10 games or 24 days or something. So uh, uh, like that puts him out of uh, potentially the first couple of games of the playoffs, at least one game of the playoffs. If he has to miss 10 games. Montreal's currently in that fourth spot for the North still, eh? Fourth spot, yeah. They're six points up on Calgary with a game at hand right now. Okay. I don't see Calgary overtaking them. I think the only team that could overtake Montreal at this point would probably be Vancouver. And considering that they are likely dropping three or four against the Sens, that is rough for them. And also, yeah, considering what's the score right now, the the second period's about halfway done, right? Yeah, so there may have been another eight goals in this crazy fucking yeah. game. Um, I know. I, I I was I had the first period on for most of it. I didn't see the first. I didn't see the Senators' first goal. My stream got like lagged behind by like a minute or two, so I missed uh, both of the Senators' first two goals of the second period, and then I had to I had to close that uh, window in order to open up our our call, and I've missed all of the other goals now. So it. Last last check, it was uh, 4-2 for the Sens. I believe it is still 4-2. I am checking that right now. 4-2 yes. with about nine minutes left in the second. Yeah, so it's it's pretty likely that Ottawa is going to uh, take this game from Vancouver. And uh, Vancouver's 10 points back from Montreal with five games at hand. So if, if Montreal beats the Leafs tonight, like who knows, that could happen. Um, it'll... Uh, basically be the nail in the coffin for the the uh, Canucks. They'd have to win every single game they have left and expect that Montreal loses more than they win, which, you know, that's a pretty reasonable expectation. Um, although we're, we're kind of jumping to the end of the pod here, but. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. Jeez. I, that, yeah, that's supposed to be oh, our smokes. main discussion here. Yeah. Um, so let's just uh, turn back a little bit here. We were in your betting corner before we got majorly sidetracked there. Uh, yeah, I don't have uh, a, I don't have a ton thoughts? else. No, I don't have a ton else to say about betting. Just uh, don't do it. But if you have to, uh, only bet on the wild. Um, 
do that. Yeah, just do that. I, I will say I've got a parlay tonight of um, I need the Leafs and Oilers to win. I feel it's a pretty safe bet because, like I said, Montreal's playing like shit. And uh, the Oilers have owned the Jets all year. So hopefully that uh, pays out pretty well for me. I got that at uh, plus 214, which is pretty great. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. Um, and my other bet tonight is Vegas over Colorado. Um, Ooh. Well, Colorado's been playing pretty well lately, but I don't know if Philip Grubauer is playing because they've been going back and forth between Jonas Johansson or whoever the, the terrible goalie is they got from Buffalo and um, and Devin Dubnik. They're the terrible goalie they got from the Sharks. Yes. Um, so that that's pretty like iffy and... Vegas has been playing really, really well lately. So, you know, if if all things are equal except the goaltending, you got to go with the team that has better goaltending. <laughs> As Jeff Merrick always says, hockey basically should be called goaltending. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then, yeah, like I said, my last bet of the night is on uh, McDavid to score two points. So, he, and he's done that every game against the Jets this year. So it's uh, feeling pretty good about that one, but we'll see how it turns out in the morning. Yeah, it still says uh, Grubauer is out, and it's Dubnik is expected to start tonight for Colorado. So, yeah. good luck. All right. Um, before we get into the Sense and Leafs, uh, we did want to uh, have a quick little mention of the NHL's new broadcast deal with uh, Turner and Warner Media in the U.S. Uh, it doesn't really affect uh, us here in Canada, I don't think at all, really um no, a, but it, apart from the uh implications it has on the south sal- the salary cap going up because, yeah like the just this one deal alone which is supposedly like the b deal um i think this one is worth more like like double what nbc was paying every year um and then on top of this one there's also the espn deal so uh like that in, in a couple years the uh, the salary cap should kind of like rocket up by quite a bit, which is uh, good news for rich teams like the Leafs, and probably uh, less good news for poor teams like the Senators. Yeah, because as the cap uh, the salary cap goes up, the cap salary floor goes up with it. Yeah, so exactly. Maybe it'll force Melnick to sell though. And I was about to say that could be the silver lining in it though. Is that may, maybe the, yeah. the cap floor just gets too high for Melnick and then he's uh, he's just forced into selling. So that that could be a silver lining to it. What, I, what I'm really interested in, and still it doesn't affect us um, either, but um, supposedly there's going to be an HBO Max element to this deal. It won't come in um, next season, but it will be part of the uh, remainder of the deal. So I'm just kind of interested to see what they do with hbo max um if they're going to be broadcasting games on the uh the streaming service that would be pretty cool um maybe they do something like an ice surfing if uh, you're not familiar with that it was just the that's a uh, steve dangle show on uh twitter right well he he's part of it but uh, it, like it was hosted by jeff merrick and they, it was just like on tuesday nights or something and yeah it was broadcast only on twitter wednesday at, no, it was Tuesday nights. Wednesday night is like the big hockey night. Yeah, um, well, yeah, which is weird. Well, it's supposed to be like Wednesday rivalry night, right? Because that's what it is. That, that's what States it is in the NBC. States. But in Canada, we also have the national broadcast games on Wednesday. 
yeah. Wednesday, Saturday, and Sunday are the national broadcast games in Canada. But uh, anyway, so yeah, it was it was ice surfing was just like a a free broadcast on Twitter exclusively, and it was just like a, a few hosts kind of breaking down all of the games that night and hopping between them, just showing like a few minutes of each game and then talking about them and then jumping onto a next uh, another game, and it like it was a pretty cool idea because you got to see like little clips and highlights of all, all of the other games that were going on so I, maybe hbo max does something like that what everyone's really hoping for though is uh, uh a broadcast of uncensored sounds from the ice the, like the playing surface what the players are saying to each other and all of that just have that all the f-bombs the, yeah just have that as uncensored like it, it would be it would be awesome to see that um, however, in all likelihood, it's probably just going to be another like uh, road to the winter classic thing that they put up on there exclusively. Um, they already did that with HBO. And now um, that Turner is going to be broadcasting the uh, winter classic, I think on TBS or TNT, whichever one of those, I think TBS has turned into TNT. I have no idea. I don't have cable anymore. Um, I have no idea. I could yeah. not tell you. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, on, on, I think the winter Classic's going to be broadcast on TNT. So maybe they do the, uh, uh, road to the winter classic on HBO max, but it, it, cool. yeah, it, it would like the, those series were pretty interesting, um, to like interesting in the moment. I, I, I don't go back and watch them because it's like, it's not really rewatchable stuff to go back and watch guys, uh, preparing for, uh, a regular season game. Right. Um, yeah but uh yeah it, it, it's just kind of something neat to uh consider and hopefully brings in a whole bunch of new fans to the sport too yeah it you know the more accessible hockey is and the nhl is the more likely you are to expand it right yeah. that's kind of the whole idea behind it uh, but it um the uncensored thing has me a little curious because hockey has always been really reserved and the like uh gary bettman and all the really high-end executives for the nhl itself very much like to keep it as like a oh like nothing bad happens like all of our men are gentlemen and scholars they don't swear they don't do anything bad and then it's just like i don't see them doing something like that it'd be great for the fans i yeah i don't see it happening either but it would be cool. And I know a lot of people have been saying like, just, just give us that, give us the on ice stuff. Um, let us hear what they're saying to each other. Um, yeah, it, it, it would just be a cool new, like a, an awesome new way to experience the sport. Cause for the most part, like, I don't even know how much uh, I've never sat against the glass at an NHL game. So I don't even know how much that stuff you hear from ice level really. Not a lot. No, no, I sat, um, it wasn't like, I wasn't right against the boards. I sat about 12 rows, rows up, but, but like, like that, just... that should still give you a pretty good, like sense of how much you could hear from a, like seats a few rows down. Right. Yeah. But who, Oh, what game was that? That was in Ottawa. <sighs> Crap. This was like nine or 10 years ago. So the, I think that was – I think it was a really random team. I think it was Ottawa-Washington. And both teams back then aren't exactly the, you know, the biggest chirpers. So maybe that was why I didn't hear much. 
like you hear Vegas now, apparently Vegas is a really yappy team. Hmm. So it'd be interesting to hear anything from them. Um, apparently they're just unbearable. The entire team, not just like Ryan Reeves, just every single person on that team is just an absolutely, absolute just maniac. And it, yeah, it would be super cool to hear that, even if it was only like a game a week. Yep. Yeah. Just something. Uh, yeah. But, but hockey's uh, not fun, Jordan. Hockey's not fun. And but but you know what is fr- uh ugh, You know what is fun, Keegan? Having What's best fun? friends. Best friends is fun, right? I would say so. Yeah. Well, uh, in, today in The Athletic, there was a, a really interesting article about Joe Thornton's secret friendship with um, Gord Downey from the Tragically Hip. Um, are, oh, wow. I guess to start off, are you like, do you listen to the hip at all? A little bit like, um, you know, obviously there's like um, uh, Courage and my oh, yeah, favorite like, song by them. I, I'm not worried about what songs you know, but just like it, it sounds, it sounds like you, you just kind of have like a cursory knowledge of the hits, right? You, you, you'll, well, you'll like listen my, to them when they come on the radio type thing. It, exactly. And yeah. I, I have a favorite song They're My favorite song is 50 mission cap. Yeah. Great song. Great song. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's basically my tragically hip knowledge. I know Gord Downey and the tragically hip were a very, like a folk hero in Canada and that's about it. Yeah, see and even even me like I'm 30 and I'm too young to have really gotten on the hip hype train. Um it seems yeah. to be it was like people that are like 10 years older than me and above that are really really into them. Um mm-hmm. for the longest time I I just knew like the songs that came on the radio that was about it. Um but uh I I got more into them basically as soon as uh, Gordowney announced that he had terminal brain cancer. And so yeah. I started listening to them more often. And then I, I was lucky enough to go to uh, one of the shows on their final tour. I, I was at the one in Hamilton because I was working at uh, a national ultimate Frisbee <laughs> championship there. Um, so all of us went to the Hamilton show. And then uh, the, the wrap up party for the tournament was we uh, booked out a restaurant and um, watched the, hips final show from uh broadcast from kingston on cbc it was uh, being there in person was crazy it was it was very very cool to be there but um joe thornton was really close friends with gord downey up until gord downey passed away in 2017 on my birthday 2017 um and uh, just this article that came out today it was crazy like just uh well, even when I, when I kind of started reading the article and um, seeing that, oh yeah, like they had, they had this friendship that was built and, and started off after um, Joe Thornton was drafted by the Bruins and the Bruins were Gord Downey's favorite team. And then yada, 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 they, they met each other. I, I'm not going to like go through the entire article. You should go read it. The, uh, the link to it is in the show notes. Um, but uh just there, there's some really interesting stuff in there. And if you're a Gord Downey or a Tragically Hip fan, you should definitely go read it. If you're a Leafs fan or a Joe Thornton fan, you, you should also go read it. Just uh, so it's it's a really good read. And it's by... And if you're uh, any kind of... Oh, it's, ahead, it, yeah, it's by Joshua Clokey of The Athletic. And if you're any kind of sports or hockey fan, definitely subscribe to The Athletic. Yeah. 
We're not uh, paid or sponsored by them at all, but hey, we just no, love their service. No paid, no uh, no free ads, no free ads, and no paid hey. ads either. We're not sellouts nope. here. No pain. Well, it depends. <laughs> I, I, you can be, you can say that. I'm not, I'm not saying anything. Someone gives me money. We'll see what happens. <laughs> I'm not complaining. I'm not taking any more high ground here. Yeah. Fuck that. Oh yeah. Was there, any, so was there any other news from around the league that you wanted to talk about before jumping into our uh, send summary here? Brady Kachuk just scored to make it five, two. Oh God. Should have taken the over. Should have taken the over. Holy oh, smokes. Five, two. There's like a minute left in the second. God damn. It's, it's funny, too, because uh, when I was looking at um, the betting stuff this morning, um, all of the sites, or, or at least, sorry, the, the site that I was looking at, as well as uh, Dom Luschichin from The Athletic, um, where, I get all, yeah, where I get all of my um, betting advice from, I believe both had the Senators as the favorite tonight which may have been the first time all season that that's happened. They have been on a tear lately. They've won five of their last seven. This could be six of their last eight. And like, they've been looking like a playoff team. Like here, I'll use this as a transition to just start talking about them. Like um, the Sens as of the last, I'll say 10 games, they look like a team that is competing for the playoff spot. They look like a team fighting for their playoff lives lives and it is incredible is our top line and dj has no problem putting them out there against other teams top lines and they're still producing i know as of late they've been playing the lower half of the north division like their last i think it's six games have been against calgary montreal vancouver right so those aren't necessarily those aren't, you know, the powerhouses of the North, but they're the teams that are still supposed to be significantly better than us. And we are handing them their asses every night. And not to mention that early on in the season, Vancouver was like destroying Ottawa. Like Vancouver got off to a terrible start. And I think their only wins of the first like 10 games of the season were against the senators where they outscored them. And they were blowouts. They were blowouts. Those games. Vancouver had Ottawa's number early on in the season, and it seems like the, those uh, that table's turned there. And, well, yeah, and then, so, and then yeah, Ottawa owned Calgary all year, and Montreal's had a lot of problems all with year. Ottawa. Yeah, Everybody uh, has problems with Ottawa except for Edmonton. Edmonton and Winnipeg. Uh, we've like, we've you, made those games close. You did, but Winnipeg still came out ahead on most Winnipeg. Of them. Yes, a lot of those was because their goalies were just better than ours. Yeah, but our our team's chances were not that far apart. Uh, Edmonton was just McDavid, Dry, McDavid and Drysdale combining for over forty points in nine games. Yeah, crazy. Which is stupid. Absolutely. Hey, well, well, you know what? They've done that against every team in the division, except the Leafs. Oh, I, I'm going to do a quick little check here. I'm on my phone. I'm on the score app. Let's see now. How many points does McDavid have? McDavid has 81 points. Yeah. And so actually that, that was one thing that was, I was hearing a lot of talk about today. Do you think he gets to hundred this season? He needs 19 points in 10 games. I mean, it's very possible. What, what uh, percentage chance would you give it? Um, you know what? Just because it's Connor McDavid, 
I'm going to say there is a 65% chance he does it. Yeah. Because him, you know, he's a mutant. He has the ability to just be like, you know what? I feel like doing something ridiculous today. And getting 100 points in less than 60 games sounds like a very Connor McDavid thing to do. So you know what? Yeah, I'll say there's about a 65% chance he does it. If he runs, I don't know who Edmonton plays for the rest of the year. I don't uh, know yeah, I was just looking that up. Like. Um, so tonight they play the Jets, then two games against the Flames, two ga- oh. four straight games against the Canucks, um, two straight against the Canadians, and then they close out the season against the Canucks. So they have five games left against the Canucks. So either At like towards the end of the season. Well, I guess four of those games are basically next week. Oh boy. Yeah. Four of they played the Canucks four times next week. I think in those four games, he'll get eight points. I think he can do that. I think that he could absolutely get eight points in those four games against uh, the Canucks next week. I I think he'll get you, you know what? Sat on eight. On Saturday, May 8th, Connor McDavid might get four points just that night. Which one's um, that? That that is against the Canucks, but that is the fourth game that the Oilers and Canucks play next week. So between Monday, May 3rd and Saturday, May 8th, uh, they have oh, four God. games. Four games in six days against the same opponent. Oh, McDavid's gonna just run those guys through the ice. Yeah. Monday and Tuesday is a back to back. Then Thursday, Saturday. And you got to think he's going to dominate Calgary, right? Yeah, like Calgary's got nothing to play for. Um, well, Matthew Kachuk's trying to up his trade value right now. Yeah. <laughs> That's about yeah, you, it. You might, you might have to give a little bit more than just Logan Brown this summer to get Matthew Kachuk. I said Logan Brown <laughs> and next year's first. Next year's first? Did I say this year's first for Matthew Kachuk? Who I know. This year's first, like, you know what? If Ottawa keeps winning games, like, do it, sure. Yeah. Like, if, if you can, that, if you can, if only... that falls out of the top five. Yeah, because I, I don't remember what the uh, the rule is on how many spaces you're you can actually move up now. Ten. You can move up ten. Okay. So. Mm. The the um, draft lottery was announced for June second as well. Okay. Yeah. Well. Sorry, we, we got a little but, off track there. Yeah, with the, the Sens. What are we doing about the Sens? Um, looking for a goalie currently. Um, Murray and Forsberg getting hurt Saturday against Vancouver was alarming. If it wasn't for the emergency, or not emergency, if it wasn't for the taxi squad goalie uh, in Hogberg, uh, we would have gone into e-bug territory in a normal year there. Um, it, like... Which apparently was Artem Anisimov for us, which was fucking hilarious. Yeah, did you see the video of him, like with all of the equipment on? eh? Like standing up, he didn't. But then he tried to go down, and he got back up, and he's like, "Ow!" (laughs) I didn't hear him say "ow." (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that jersey also looked a little tight on him. They it looks like they just threw his player jersey over all the goalie equipment. Well, it it was number thirty-two, so I thought it was a Matt Murray jersey or something. Gustafson. Gustafson? Oh, well, who knows? Gustafson's 32, I think. Yeah. M- maybe they threw um, 
like that would be super beer league of them to be like, oh yeah, sorry, Anisimov, we don't have any, like we don't have your jersey. So here's a Philip Gustafson one. Just toss that on. It'll be fine. <laughs> I Oh, who did they do that with? I remember one year, uh, an Ottawa player was just bleeding profusely on the bench. So they gave him someone else's jersey to wear. <laughs> I forget who it was. I forget it. But I remember that scenario. Oh, I'll need to try and look at the archives for something yeah. like that. But, but uh, yeah. But, well, yeah, well, like. Uh, no, no, it's all right. I was just going to no, say, I'll, just I'll, to fin. Oh, geez, no, okay. I'm going. I'm talking. Smokes. Jesus Christ. I am talking. To, I am talking now. Look at me. Look at me. I am the captain now. Um, just to finish up on Ottawa, just because like there's not really too much to say that has that we haven't already said and that we haven't been saying since last week, and that's just Ottawa's been on a roll lately. Norris, uh, Batherson, and Kachuk have been f- just creating more and more chemistry every game. Kachuk is looking like a, I would argue, a top ten winger in the league. I think if he you put him on a line that's center with Austin Matthews and Brady Kachuk is an 80 to 90 point player. Yeah. And you laugh at that, but I imagine, do laugh at that. imagine Zach Hyman with more offensive capability and that's Brady Kachuk. And Zach Hyman's a 30 goal scorer. Yeah. I don't know. Brady Kachuk is getting some pretty high quality shooting chances and he can't bury them. So maybe he's not, as strong of a shooter as the uh, sense fans would like to think he is. Brady Kachuk's on a 30 goal pace right now. Yeah. And you're saying that he would like toss up 50 to 60 assists on top of that. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. I don't see it. If he's passing to Austin Matthews. Well, fucking sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what, it, that's what I said. Isn't it? Yeah. I said, if he was right now being centered by Austin Matthews, Brady Kachuk would get 80 to 90 points. I think if he stays on the Norris and Batherson line, I think each one of those players could average out around 60 points a year. All of them are on pace for over 50 for this year, if it was a full 82-game season. And for Norris, it's his rookie year. For Batherson, it's his first full year. And Brady Kachuk is still only 21. He's the youngest on that line. Hmm. I still he disagree. Is... Don't, think it, don't think it would happen. Oh. <laughs> Brady Kachuk will get – people are saying that he has 40-goal capability. Think about it. He leads the league in shots, and he leads the league – he also leads the league in penalties drawn, which is kind of funny. Well, that that goes to the kind of the style of play he has, right? Like we talked about this on the last episode, that um, if you take a lot of penalties, you also draw a lot of penalties too. So, like, I, I'd like to see his penalty differential – That'd be interesting. I know he leads the league in fighting majors. This he season? leads the league in a lot of things. Yes. Oh, wow. He got into his seventh or eighth fight this year tonight. Holy smokes. Yeah, and he's won them all because he's a fucking animal. He put, I think it was McEwen. I don't remember who tried to fight him today, but he dropped some guy uh, while he was heading to the net, and one of the Vancouver defensemen tried to step in and protect him. And Brady literally just threw him against the boards and threw him down. Hmm. And it's just like, that is a strong 21-year-old kid. Or, sorry, man, sir. But, like, I just, I'm waiting for Ottawa to win their last eight games in a row here just so I can 
have a shit shit eating grin for the entire offseason and then panic over Kachuk and Batherson's next contracts. Brady Kachuk could be the first player in NHL history to finish top five in shots and hits. Hmm. And he currently leads the league in shots and is second in hits. And no one's ever been top five in both. He is a dominant player in this league. And don't you say otherwise. Put some respect on his name. I'll say otherwise. We'll see. I, I haven't looked into any of his underlying numbers, so it would be like it. It would be interesting to see where those shots are coming from. Uh, I do think that a lot. Of, I did see somebody talking about that, saying that a lot of his shots come from like four inches away from the net. Yeah. So they they rebounds. Well, they seem like they're really really dangerous, but he's just shoveling the puck into goalies' pads. Mm-hmm. So it not super great score it's a shot but it's not like it's got a super good chance of going in when you're just shoveling a puck from three inches away directly into a goalie's pad right maybe yeah but but either way it's it's still not easy to get shots in the nhl yes yeah he also had a wicked assist for batherson's goal on monday night that spinorama no look oh oh it's beautiful but I'm done gushing over the sense. Talk right. about your your stupid leafs. Well, before we get on to that, I wanted to ask you a question to kind of circle back a little bit to the um, emergency backup goalie situation. Um, let's say we're talking about our beer league team, the Puckheads. Our goalie goes down. The choices are between you and me to go in net as the e-bug. Uh, who do you think would make the better emergency backup goalie between the two of us? Uh, me solely because the equipment will be left-handed. Oh shit. That's not a bad point. Yeah. <laughs> I just broke your argument there. Yeah. Cause, um, when, when we play street goalie, definitely you. Cause I just kind of, Hey, I, I will say I have not played goalie in street hockey in like 15 years now. So we may not, not be fair. able to go based off of what we used to like, like how I looked when I was like 15 in the driveway at our house. That's um, valid. But I will also add, like, it would absolutely make my year if I got, if I got to play goal in an organized official hockey game. <laughs> like, I've always wanted to do that. Never been able to. I always wanted to be a goalie growing up. Mom and dad wouldn't let me. And um, I, I've, Ever since Saturday, I've been thinking and I'm like, shit, I might have to get my own set of like used pads and just start working on it. Maybe by the time I'm 40, I can be like a regular goalie in beer. You mean David Ayers? Well, yeah, don't get my hopes up because then I've got to start (laughs) training like a pro because I'm already past my prime with uh, multiple groin injuries here and (laughs) that were never properly, uh, never properly physioed back into uh, 100% health. So, um, you know, my, my shot at being an NHL e-bug may have come and gone, but uh, maybe I can be a beer league emergency backup goalie. Just get, uh, get Damien to give you some tips and let him and uh, see if you can borrow his equipment. Yeah. And then I'll just or- start, I'll start watching like YouTube videos and Instagram videos of goalies working on their stuff. I'm sure how to hockey probably has something for goalies. I, I'm sure. Yeah. But like, uh, you or you can borrow my pads that are from like the early 2000s, late 90s, and oh, weigh yours are from like each. absolutely the mid 90s because they are they oh man, those they are things not are, they those are, are so stand heavy. up pads. Yeah, they are so heavy, and yeah, you're right. You cannot go into the butterfly in those pads. They're brutal. They're rounded. 
they're yeah they're rounded they're they're absolutely meant as stand up pads so we've got to get they're, some new ones there <laughs> yeah those are Cujo pads hey they were $50 i'm yeah. not complaining $50 i played against sports i got that entire used goalie sit or kit for what was it 500 bucks uh, i think it was more than that but... no it was fu- i remember because the only thing new was the helmet and the jock oh yeah yeah you don't really want to use jock no no and they didn't have any the only used helmets they had were road hockey helmets and i'm like i don't feel like breaking my skull yeah i'll take the darth gerber helmet so yeah if, if there's any puckheads listening toss me in because it would absolutely make my day he may not be able to play the next game and have a shattered groin but he'll i may not it. be able to move the next day <laughs> i may not be able to drive myself home but i will be so happy lying on the pavement <laughs> In the at the parking lot at the rink, trying to fall asleep, I will just be so excited. <laughs> I'm really tempted to send a message to the group chat saying Jordan wants to go goalie for our first game back. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I'm doing that. Yeah, oh, um, no, I'm, geez, don't even fuck. I, I'm no, I'm hopping on our oh, group God chat damn. right now, and I am going to where is it? Puckheads. Damien Reisman left the chat. Damien. Oh, Damien. I think he deleted his WhatsApp. Oh, because he left all the chats. <laughs> all um, right, so Jordan wants to play goalie for our first game back. Send. Done. Oh boy, there we go. New segment on the show. Keegan. Keegan texts out loud. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> hey, sorry. I was just, just absolutely riveting. Um. <laughs> All right, so yeah, we, we can move on. Do you have anything to say about the anything else to say about the sends? Uh, same thing I have been saying to end all their segments. Um, no, not good. Branson, get the fuck off my team because he's gone. Mm-hmm. Um, the sends will. I'm starting to see not the sends as a playoff competing team next year, but as a for sure wild card team next year. I don't think they're top four in their division, but I'm I'm getting very comfortable in saying that they are going to get a wild card spot in the Eastern conference next year. I still I think, think, I still think it's going to be tough for them to do it. You're you're, you've got to be hoping that like Boston and Pittsburgh take pretty big step, but steps back. Um, Cause I, like I even forgot to mention last week, Carolina. Um, well here, the top four teams in the Atlantic are Florida, Tampa, not necessarily in this order. Florida, Tampa, Toronto, Boston. Probably like today, it's Boston. Yeah, today is Boston. We'll see how Mon- we'll see what Montreal does. Yeah, and then um, yeah, fifth I, is probably Montreal. Like maybe I I would say Montreal. And then it's Ottawa or Detroit. Uh, Ottawa. Right yeah. now, Ottawa. Hey, Aud- uh, I, Detroit. Ottawa- Detroit is playing pretty well right now too. They're winning games. They're not last yeah. in their division, and Ottawa is. Ottawa it, Ottawa's place in the standings did not reflect the hockey they've been playing the last 20 games. Uh, you might be able to say that for Detroit too. Like I don't watch their games because why would I? But <laughs> they, they have been winning more. Um, but yeah, that's a discussion for another time next next season's playoff picture. We need to start writing these down so that we can have these discussions in the offseason. Yeah, something we've got to do something like that. All um, right, so Leafs, Ottawa, Leafs. great. Yeah, go for Leafs. I mean, uh, no, no, not go Leafs. No, yeah, go, not go Leafs. Leafs. Go Leafs forever. Oh, Leafs go Brock. 
yeah Lots just all, all of the good things um yeah. so yeah the leafs how are they doing um well william melander i think he might be playing the best he has been in his nhl career over the last couple of games bold statement Ooh, like did you did you see his shift against um i think it was the jets jordan i can't even oh. watch sense games let alone leaf games Oh my god! It like it was great. He defended a two-on-one. He stopped it, shut it down, uh, got the puck over to Sandine, who waited a second or two for Nylander to uh, just streak up the the far side boards. Got the puck back to Nylander, and as soon as Nylander got the puck back, I was like, we, "We're scoring." This I, is going. I, in. I, I don't know if he's going to score or if somebody else is, but we are about to score a goal. And yeah, he crosses the blue line flips it over to John Tavares who buries it. It was, it was a fantastic little bit of defending for Nylander and then uh, just flips the switch to transition into offense. It was great. Um, like anytime somebody um, like shit talks Nylander on Twitter, I feel like I just have to send them that shift. Uh, Cause it uh, like, if anybody thinks that he is expendable on the Leafs, they're fucking idiots. And you should stop listening to them. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a. You still don't think that they should trade him for a right-handed shot defenseman, or better yet, Jimmy VC? No, you know who we trade to get a right-hand shot defenseman now? Morgan Riley. That's who. Uh, but that—that's a discussion for a different day. Um, I was going to say Nick Robertson, but. Ah. Uh, sure. <laughs> like. Uh, at, at this point, I'm not super sold on Robertson being like an impact player for the Leafs, um, but that's probably just because he's still a teenager. Um, Which is a very, very valid point. Yeah, and you know what? Like, if Nylander can keep this this uh, level of play up for a while, then uh, I'm not concerned about the forward unit. Uh, and that just, contract gets nicer and nicer every game. Every game, it gets better and better. Yeah, you're exactly right. But uh, he does so many things that are just incredibly valuable to the team. And he does a lot of things that other players on the Leafs do, but he just does them way better. He is a more effective uh, puck carrier than Mitch Marner. Well, I remember you saying either last year or the year before that Nylander might be the better player than Marner at the time. And, yeah, they're, like it's splitting hairs really, right? Like they're both extremely good. They probably have a little bit different skill set. Um, and you know what, I'm sure both of them are better than the other in some categories. Uh, but it, like, that was just the, the pushback to all of the people saying that Nylander's garbage and Marner is the greatest thing ever. Uh, it, it was like the, the cool thing to do where you just say, well, you know what, Nylander's, uh, like his expected goals for are, are slightly better than Marner's. So he's not garbage, <laughs> Fair, but like. He's he's a more effective puck carrier on the power play than Marner is. Thirty goal score. Thirty goal score. Yeah, he he's he's more of a shooting threat as well because he actually has a wicked wrister. I was gonna say underrated shot. Like I know when Legit it comes to underrated. Shoot, when it comes to shooting for Toronto, obviously Matthews gets all the attention because he probably has the best wrist shot potentially in NHL history, if you think about it. Yeah, I'm sure there's a bunch of uh, Colorado Avalanche fans that are screaming Joe Sackick at you. But uh, to those people, I'll say, go fuck yourself. Because <laughs> the real greatest wrist shot in NHL history belongs to a Leaf. Well, what, that Leaf Wendell Clark? is Wendell Clark. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh no, Jordan, Jordan, Quebec Nordique, great. Wendell Clark. <laughs> no, Leafs, great. Wendell Clark. <laughs> Nashville Predators legend, Wendell Clark. Oh God. <laughs> Whoever else he played for. Did he play for San Jose? No, he didn't. He also didn't play for Nashville. That was a uh, a Mandela effect moment I had a few pods ago where uh, I remembered him being on the Predators from me playing NHL 2000 and just always acquiring him. Yeah, okay. I remember, yeah, because we went through it and it was we Tampa, it. Detroit, it was, Chicago. Uh, Toronto, Nordiques, Tampa, Detroit, Chicago, and the Islanders. Islanders, yeah. Four. 58 games but yeah okay already went through that yeah so wendell clark had the greatest wrist shot in nhl history go back and watch his he he scored a wrister from like center on i think it was darren poopa nice is that because he's poopa no he was actually a pretty decent goalie okay (laughs) but uh, he also he he beat him clean with it like top shelf too it was great oh vancouver just scored shorthanded goal by tyler myers five three But also, Clark also took Cujo's mask off with a wrist shot. No, that was a slap shot. That one was a slapper. Okay. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, anyways, Nylander, excellent, not expendable, vital to the Leafs. And we, like I said a few weeks ago when he was was out because of the COVID protocol, um, when he's not in the lineup, it's really, really noticeable because they have a hard time moving through the neutral zone without him. and I really think he should have more uh, a more prominent role on uh, the first power play. Nylander? Yeah. I think maybe they should try switching uh, Nylander and Marner. Well, where what's Nylander's spot right now? Because I know Matt Is Matthews on his off wing or his strong side? Uh, he goes back and forth. Like okay. they, they tried out the like the the one timer for him and then they, they put him back on his strong side so he can just like sling wristers. But uh, like Nylander kind of floats around. I think he's kind of the like in front of the net and Tavares is down as the bumper guy with Marner on the opposite wing from Matthews. But I, I think that if you put Marner down below the goal line, Tavares in the slot and the Nylander, yeah, Nylander on the opposite side from Matthews, like that way you've got two guys that have that are shooting threats on the wings, but Nylander is also a very, very good passer. And then you have Tavares in front where like he dines out in front because of his, uh, like his hands in tight. So Tavares in to clean up the rebounds, Nylander on the wing to either shoot or get it to Matthews, Matthews on his wing to shoot and Marner down low to uh, gather the puck. And uh, like, he can pass from there. And you don't have to worry about pretending he's a shooting threat from there because he's below the goal line. Who cares? Yeah, and it's um, that'd be a little reminiscence of Winnipeg's power play because they, uh, rather than generating everything through their defense as like the quarterback, they everything goes through their player behind the net. I'm pretty sure we talked about either that last show or the show before. Yeah, we did. So having Marner being that, quarterback down low could be really interesting because he has the skill to probably be able to get it to Tavares in the bumper slot from behind the net. And if you have Nylander and Matthews on their off wings, ready for one timers, like yeah, think it, about would, it would be pretty easy for him to uh, like pop a pass out to Matthews ready. Like who's just cocked ready for a one timer yeah, or Willie for that matter. Yeah. Like we, yeah, Willie doesn't side. take slap shots all that much, but if you can, 
put a nice a pass out to him. Yeah, he, he can just like catch and release just super fast. Um, or, and, or and, and then it, and then you don't even care who the defender is because their only job is to hold the blue line and get the puck back down low, which yep. uh, Rasmus Sandin has been doing a very good job of recently. Like they, nudge, they nudge, gave wink, him wink. Hey? nudge nudge wink wink. Well, they gave him some time on uh, the first power play the other day, and he looked really good doing it. Um, and Morgan Riley hasn't looked really good, and he he just does inexplicable shit out there. He's just frustrating me. Um, but yeah, that, that's that's basically all I've got on the Leafs. Uh, there was some talk this week about the Leafs being dirty. The Jets were complaining that the Leafs are a dirty team. What do you think about that? I think the Jets are just getting upset about a few maybe missed calls and just plays they didn't like. Not liking some, like I'm specifically referring to the Sandine reverse hit on Blake Wheeler. Like that wasn't a dirty play. That wasn't was dirty. Not. Yeah, that was. Did you see uh, Kevin BX's explanation of it? No, I heard he had a really good take on it, but I I didn't never heard it. Okay, that that's good. Uh, I wasn't sure if other people had thought that he had a really good take on it, or if it was just me because I wasn't in like a sober state of mind watching the Leafs game. <laughs> and w- when I when I heard his explanation, I was like, that was. That was some of the best analysis I have ever seen on Hockey Night in Canada about a play in the game that they're broadcasting. Because he was basically like, yeah, Blake Wheeler typically is going to try to run a defenseman into the boards. But he looked up and he saw that it was Sandine. So he's probably thinking that Sandine's going to play the puck um, and, and make a move with it. So he he t- leans in to try to poke the puck away or get a stick on stick um just some contact there and Sandine knows that it's Blake Wheeler coming down and he expects him to run him into the board. So he just stands up and holds his ground. And um, he had been taking some punishment earlier in the game as well. And, he, and he, in previous games and in previous seasons too, like that, that's, that's been something that's been hard or uh, that's caused him trouble before is that he takes, he's taken a lot of contact before and small it, Swedish it, defender those Canadian boys are going to rough him up yeah and it just seems that he he's made a conscious effort to say like okay I need to prepare myself more for the contact that's coming my way so he did that and then Blake Re- Wheeler ran into a brick wall because um, yeah, uh, but I okay. I, th- I think that the Jets might have been a little bit more upset about the uh the Leafs goon I don't know if you've heard about him but is Joe Thornton yeah, Joe Thornton picking on a kid half his age almost. Everybody and in the Nikolai NHL Wheeler. is half Joe Thornton's <laughs> age. <laughs> That's very true. But yeah. I thought that was just ridiculous. Like, yeah, it was a couple cross checks. The, like the first one to Ehlers. Where he um, breaks his stick. He breaks his stick. breaks his stick, yeah. Like that Ehlers, was, Ehlers didn't even flinch though. He, well, yeah. He didn't like go to his arm to be like, fuck, that hurt. I think that was just the stick broke because this, those sticks break all the time. Um, still probably should have been called a penalty for cross-checking. Absolutely. And then Joe Thornton goes, gets a new stick and cross-checks him again. Um, so I get Jets fans being upset about that, but also like, it's not the Leafs fucking fault. It's <laughs> like blame the refs for there not being a penalty. Uh, doesn't yeah, mean like, that like the Leafs aren't there, aren't out there kicking guys feet out from under them or anything like We've seen all season that cross checks are being let go, and supposedly the GMs are trying to get them to crack down on specific ones. So, who knows what's going to happen there? But uh, yeah, the Leafs are not dirty, but I am kind of pleased with them getting this reputation as being like low key dirty. 
like I don't think they're even being low key dirty. I think they're just finally standing up for themselves, and people are like, oh, well, obviously they're playing dirty because you know they're not just sitting there taking it anymore. But it it is kind of funny because if I told you at the start of the season that the Winnipeg Jets players would accuse the Toronto Maple Leafs of being dirty, you would have been like, what the fuck are you talking about? The Jets are complaining about another team being dirty? Like, <laughs> like I've heard people complain about Hyman being dirty. And I would not call him dirty. There are a few times where I think his he, style He's, he's has... just very aggressive on the puck. Yes. He's yes. very, very diff- hard on the puck. And like... It, you know, he's not going out there and he's not slew-footing guys. He's not. Well, he's done that once or twice. I don't know. I, I think that NHL fans' definition of a slew-foot is different from what an actual slew-foot is as well. They think that if you just if you hit a guy and you have one of your legs behind him, that that's a slew-foot, but that's not. A slew-foot is you kick a guy's feet out from under him and, like, slam him slam down him. into the ice. And fair. That, that's that's fair. A, like that's a lot more noticeable. And you know what? Like there are tons of situations where a guy will go in for a, a check on another player, and his foot will be behind the player, because that's just how skating works sometimes. Yeah, because I know a lot of people were saying the same things about Brady Kachuk that he's a dirty player. It's like, no, he'll hit you, he'll hit you hard, and he'll hit you often. That doesn't make him dirty. Yeah, he'll stand up for himself. That doesn't make him dirty. He doesn't lick you like Marsha. He doesn't spear your nuts like Lucic. Like they're they don't do anything greasy like the Leafs <laughs> or the Sens. Yeah, and they Leafs just, players, yeah, like Kachuk and Hyman and the Leafs and Sens, like these guys aren't going out and you know, Tom Wilson doesn't play for either of these teams, so they're not particularly dirty. <laughs> exactly. Does is Ryan Reeves a dirty player? You know what honestly or is he just a hard player? I, I think he's just a fighter. Like I, I never, I have never, I don't know if I've ever seen a highlight or a video of him throwing like an iffy hit again, like the, the dirtiest player in the league is Tom Wilson. Uh, and it's not particularly close. I think. I, I'm trying to think of something that I can retort with that. Um, I, I think you're right though. Like, well, it, it has to be, it has to be the guy that has, multiple lengthy five. suspensions i think he has five suspensions within the last yeah within the last calendar year too and yeah, yeah it's uh i mean depending if you ask leaf fans they might say edler even even to me like i'm not super upset about that hit his leg was he tried out, to but get a piece of matthews it was hyman he tried to get it. Oh, sorry. I thought it was Matthews. My no, because that, that's the reason why Hyman's out. Like, maybe I should be more upset about it, but I do chalk most of that up to him being tired. Okay, I'm going to throw my elbow in your head. You're going to say that's because I'm tired? No, it was his knee. I know. Like, no, yeah, no, 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 no. What I'm saying yeah, but is the, an elbow injury. to the head is different than a knee. A knee on knee. He tried to get a piece of him. He tried to. He did try to throw a body check, and his leg was sticking out, uh, because Hyman was fresh on the ice and moved his body out of the way. Um, Maybe I, I don't need like to rewatch the hit. Yeah, to me, it was if if Edler 
had just gotten onto the ice and tried to throw a hit on Hyman, I don't think that it comes out remotely close to that. Um, I think it was, it was a bad hit exasperated by the fact that Edler was super tired and exhausted and he just like his brain just couldn't function in a way that would move his body quick enough. That's kind of where I'm at with that. Okay. That's, that's fair. Cause like I I've again, like I I always compare myself to NHL players and I'm not an elite athlete by any stretch, but you remember like a couple of years ago when we had to play a full beer league game with zero subs and uh, yeah. And the very last play of the game, I body checked our own best player and sent him to the hospital for stitches. Oh, right. I completely yeah. forgot about that. Yeah, because we smacked faces together and I had a cage and he just had a visor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was because I was absolutely dead tired and I couldn't physically move my body quick enough out of the way. And then we just <laughs> collided. So I, I can kind of, I have a little bit of sympathy for Edler in that sense that I don't think that he went out, that he was going to the bench and thought, you know what? fuck you, Zach Hyman, I'm going to remove your leg from your body. Um, I do think it was just like him being tired. Now, does it change your opinion if you know he's been suspended for kneeing before? No, not really. Um, okay. Uh, again, like, I, I don't think that the outcome would have been as bad if he was less tired. If he, if he was closer to like 100% um, on his shift, energy bar from uh, NHL 2001 <laughs> if, if he was back up in the green instead of like that last pixel of red left in the bar um, I, I don't think that like maybe he still would have thrown a knee out there but I, I don't think it would have been as catastrophic okay okay I'll uh, I'll, I'll take your take your word for it I, I, I need to rewatch that hit because uh, I only saw it once and I thought it was a dirty hit. I thought it well, was... No, it, like it absolutely was. It was a dirty okay. hit, but I, I don't... I, I'm not like up in arms about it. I didn't like hunt down my pitchforks and torches to go find Alex Edler and burn him at the stake or anything, right? I, I just don't... I just don't see I, was I, tired I was, as a valid excuse. I... I don't know. I think I, I don't think it's a personal opinion. I don't think it's an excuse for it happening. I think it's, I think it's, um, it's context that goes towards the incident as a whole. You can't look at that play without considering that he was on the ice for like three, three and a half minutes by the time that happened. Don't throw the hit then. Yeah. Then he goes to the bench and his coach screams at him for not making contact on a player that had the puck. Right. It's his job to try to separate players from the puck. Just, yeah, try to hit somebody. Sure. Uh, it went wrong. Yeah, it went wrong. And it was probably because you were tired. Maybe. I'm not a professional. And, and, uh, again, I'm not a- uh, uh, it's, it's not like I'm saying that it was at the end of a 45-second shift where he was skating hard, so he was tired. It was like three, three and a half minutes. That's a long fucking time to be out there. In the first game back after everyone on your team had COVID. So yeah. I, I think it had an impact. And like I said, I, I wasn't super, it, if, uh, if he got like a two minute tripping penalty and no suspension, maybe I'm a bit more upset by it, but he got thrown out of the game and he got a two game suspension. So 
Yeah. You just feel like. Yeah, do- I just feel like yeah, that's that's totally fair. <laughs> okay. All right. I'll uh. Like we've I'll spent we've that. spent yeah we've spent more time on this podcast talking about it today than I have put thought or energy into it up until this point. I just you and I have had very differing views on injuries and suspensions before and how they should be dealt and what punishment should be. So I feel like that's just something that the two of us can have a conversation with because we have very different views as to what should be punished and how it should be. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Potentially. Cause I've, I've noticed that before. Cause we had, I forget who it was, but there's just, there've been times in the past where I have um, stated stated something like this guy should get in this guy should be suspended for this long because of this and you'll be like well actually here's the moral reason why that did not happen you look at it a little more in depth than i have and i feel like it's a little more black and white but i feel like if there is a major one that would be a good uh, topic of discussion for us so we should put a pin in that for the future yeah for sure uh, but moving on, we're running out of time here and we haven't even gotten to what we wanted to spend most of the episode on. So uh, we'll have to like trim it down a little bit. Maybe we can do like a little rapid fire thing. Let's uh, do it. We're going to go through each division in um, in the league and we're just going to kind of look at the playoff races heading into the last few games of the season here for everybody. Um, so we'll start off with the uh, central division because it's listed at the top of uh, NHL.com here. Let's so, do it. Currently, the Hurricanes, Panthers, and Lightning have all already clinched a playoff spot. Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, Nashville currently sits in fourth place with 56 points in 51 games. And Dallas has 54 points in 49 games and sit in uh, fifth place. Uh, Well, say that again for Dallas, sorry. uh, 54 points in 49 games. Uh, Chicago's in there at 49 and 49, but I think they're a little bit uh, too far back now in order to make up ground for the playoffs. So Nashville and Dallas, who do you think gets that final playoff spot? Uh, Dallas. Yeah. You think Dallas? Rupe Hintz is on pace for over 90 points in an 82 game season. He has been absolutely excellent this year, especially with Tyler Sagan being out. And um, who's there? Who's Robertson's older brother? What's his yeah, name? I think it's Jason Robertson. I think it is Jason. Has been like, if it wasn't for Kirill Kaprizov, he would have been Calder favorite for sure. Yeah. He has been absolutely phenomenal for them. And as of late, he's been even heating up, which has been awesome. Um, I just think the team that made it to the cup finals last year shouldn't be counted out. And I have more faith in Dallas than I do Nashville. I just, I don't know what Nashville is. And I just, I, I don't have faith in Nashville because anytime I have, they've gotten kicked out in the first or second round. So this year I don't even have faith in them for making it. I think Dallas is the better team. I think Dallas will have more to rally behind and I think um, their players will get to it. Okay. Would it change your mind if I told you that uh, all of Dallas's remaining seven games of the season are going to be on the road? Oh, shit, that's tough. Especially because they they are eight, nine, and four on the road on the season. Ooh, 
Ooh, that is very tough. And they, so, they got and hit hard by COVID at the beginning of the year, right? They did. And I hear I'll, I'll tell you who they're playing. And again, all on the road. Tampa, Nashville, Florida, Tampa, Tampa, Chicago, Chicago. Oh, that's a lot of Tampa. Yeah. So four of their remaining seven games are against uh, the like two of the best teams in the division. Oh, what do you have Nashville's schedule handy? Because that that actually does change my thinking a lot just here in Dallas's. Let's see here. So Nashville. They only has, have five games left. Yeah, they have five games left. And they have they are at home to Dallas this coming Saturday. And then on the road against the Blue Jackets for two and at home against the um, Hurricanes for two. Hurricanes could cause them issues. Blue Jackets are sinking fast. Yeah. (sighs) Nashville's got the easier schedule. Dallas has two games at hand. Three games at hand. Oh, no, two two games. 49 and 51. Duh, math. Um, It's going to be tight. It's basically a coin flip, right? Those games between Dallas and there's what two or one Dallas Nashville game left. I think it's just the one this coming Saturday. This coming Saturday, yeah. I here's what I'll say: whoever wins that makes the makes the playoffs. And is that going to be the Stars or the Predators? Stars. Yeah. Uh, You know what? I'll agree with you. I think that the Stars they've got a plus eleven goal differential, and Nashville's got a negative five um dallas's points percentage right now they'd be in the playoffs if we based off points percentage so they they've banked enough points to do it they just need to uh uh basically beat 500 in in the remaining seven games and they really need nashville to uh you know maybe even like blow one of those games against the blue jackets yeah that could be big yeah um so the west division Vegas, Colorado, and Minnesota have all clinched. Minnesota, I, I keep underestimating how well Minnesota's doing this year. They are one point behind Colorado, and Colorado has a game at hand. That's stupid. And Minnesota is currently on a seven-game winning streak. Where the fuck did that come from? They, have, can... they have the second-best winning streak in the division. Yeah, because Vegas is on like a nine-game winning streak right They are now, right? on a nine-game winning streak, yeah. So... um St. Louis and Arizona. We'll yeah. cut it at that because uh, San Jose is five points back of St. Louis and four back of Arizona. So one point separates these two teams, the Coyotes and the uh, the Blues. The Blues are currently in fourth place, 48 points in 46 games, and the Coyotes 47 points in 49 games. So Blues one point ahead with three games at hand. Which one of oh. these two teams make it? Um, I have never really been a believer in Arizona this year. So I'm going to say the blues make it. Um, I think Arizona might be a little better next year. I think they may be able to contend for a wild card st- spot next year. I don't see them surpassing St. Louis and that's without knowing the schedules, but if St. Louis is already up with multiple games in hand i just see them i just see it being more likely that they hold on to it than arizona passing them yeah 
and that's just math. In my opinion, that's just a, a math guess. I, I would love to uh, be the contrarian here, but Arizona is also two and eight in their last 10 games. Negative 24 goal differential. I think Arizona is basically toast. They need to turn it around fast in order to uh, to get back into the, the mix here, even though they're only one point back. But They have seven games left. They need to go undefeated. Yeah. I'm uh, just trying to look up the Coyotes' schedule here to see, like, what they've got ahead of them. Oh, it already looks a little rough here. Uh, tonight against the Sharks, followed by two games at home against Vegas, two games at home against the uh, Kings, and two games on the road against the Sharks. So like, Easier schedule. Easier schedule, yeah. Th- five games against non-playoff teams. Yeah, but... And most of the games be... at home, too. Most? Four four out of seven. Yeah, but don't tell San Jose they're not a playoff team. Those guys are still trying. The players, they, are, they, the they have fallen off recently. Like, San Jose is two, seven, and one in their last ten. Okay. Six, two, Ottawa. I was wrong. They did not – sorry, just quick. They did not get a shorthanded goal, Vancouver. It was a shorthanded shot on net. Yeah. So I messed that up. Well, there's only one difference between a shot on net and a goal, and that's typically the goalie. Yeah. All right. Um, the East Division. This one we might be uh, stretching it a little bit. The uh, Boston Bruins currently sit in fourth place. <laughs> You're right. Easy. Yeah. Drink some water. Oh, excuse me. I'm all out of water. Um, nobody in this division has clinched a spot yet. The Boston Bruins are currently in fourth place, 62 points in 48 games. And the New York Rangers are in fifth place, 58 points in 50 games. So the Bruins have four points and two games at hand on the Rangers. What do you think? Um, uh, Boston. Boston's making it. They're not, they're not getting rid of that. They still see themselves as a cup contending team. They have the attitude of, we are going to make the playoffs. Like they don't have, I don't see Boston as an entitled group. I don't think they expect themselves to make the playoffs in the sense of we're great. We're going to make it. It's the, we are confident in ourselves that we are going to make it. You know, the difference it's not, it's confidence over arrogance. And I feel like that will put the Bruins, that attitude will make the Bruins just, um settle into that spot they're in it now two games in hand with four point like they theoretically have an eight point lead on the rangers right now yeah i I don't it's gonna be tough i don't see i don't see the rangers making that up with seven games left six games left yeah see i was looking at it and i i really want to say that the rangers are going to catch the the bruins but that Bruins schedule they've got two games against the Sabres at home and they have two games against the Devils on the road and the Devils suck at home. They, no. at the Devil, home, Jordan, Jordan, the Devils suck. The, the Devils are five, 17 and three at home. Oh my God. Yeah. They are worse. How do you have a bad home record? They're worse at home than the Sabres. Oh, that's just. So like the, the schedule is really in Boston's favor, but just so that we're not agreeing on all of these fuck i'm gonna say the rangers and here's why uh they are the third highest scoring team in the division 
and they have the best goal differential in their division. They're plus 35. They're on a three-game winning streak right now, and they have a slightly better record in their last 10 games than Boston. The Rangers are 7-2-1 and one in their last 10, and Boston is 7-3. and three. Um, So I, Boston has to, like, literally blow it. They have to – like, Boston has to play themselves out of the playoffs here in order Which to – Which is impossible. Yeah, it's not impossible. They do play each other twice. Those could be really big games. If Rangers win both of those in regulation, that could really change this. They are – they are the last two games of the season for the Rangers and they're in Boston. So that is really stacking up against the Rangers there. Cause the, the Bruins get two games after the Rangers are done. Yeah. That's like it, it's, it's stacked against the Rangers, but uh, I'll put my faith in them for the sake of entertainment here. Mika Zibanejad. And finally. Is Panera's back, right? Yeah, he's back. Okay. Finally. The North Division. Again, no teams have clinched the playoffs. Um, the Leafs could do it tonight if they win in regulation and once Ottawa finishes off the Canucks. Um, but uh, Montreal is really the only team that's in danger of falling out. They have 51 points in 47 games. And the Calgary Flames are in fifth place, 45 points in 48 games. So this is this is the largest gap of any division in the league. But it's also interesting because of how poorly Montreal's been playing recently. Yeah, but uh, a hot start can do you wonders in a shortened season, right? Oh, what was that face? Oh, I thought that the Leafs game was like part way over, but it's about to start because it's an eight o'clock start for some reason. Prime time, prime yeah, so, time, baby. So the Leafs and Habs game hasn't even started yet. Um, and so, yeah, the, the Habs, four and six in their last 10. They have an even goal differential. Um, and let's see. Uh, fourth highest scoring team in the division. And the fifth, or I guess the, the third highest goals against in the division. <laughs> so, uh that $15 million Montreal spent on goaltending this year doesn't seem to be doing them any good. <laughs> uh, Montreal's 10, 10 and two at home, 11, seven, seven on the road. Like, what do you think? Do you think Calgary can do it? Six points I back and Montreal Cal- has a game at hand. I don't see Calgary as Montreal's biggest threat. Who do you think it is? Vancouver. I... Five games in hand, 10 points behind. Yeah, I just, especially with this game tonight against the Sens, like I, I don't think that Vancouver is going to have the gas in the tank in order to do it. No, but mathematically, they're the ones that I see having the most, uh, like the highest odds in doing it. Practicality-wise, I mean, they are now, actually they're eight games, or sorry, four games in hand. 10 points behind after tonight. I, I, in my eyes, Calgary is the worst team in Canada. Ooh. It's kind of hard to argue with you just because of the results that they've gotten this year. They have basically been 
like in my mind the winnipeg jets of this season like i'm just like i don't care about the calgary flames i am not threatened by them in any way um okay what direction are the leafs going in the leafs right now are on their way up like they they are improving and they have been playing better despite my my butthurt feelings last week i was mr poopy pants on last episode but um the, the Leafs are playing better now than they were earlier in the season. And it seems like each game that goes by, they are improving. Okay. So are the I Leafs... think the Leafs are on the way up. The Flames are on the way down. Well, Montreal is on the way down. <laughs> Here, here's my point. Are the Leafs a playoff contender, a bubble team, or a rebuild? They're a playoff, con- like they're the cup contender. They're above playoff contender. Okay. What are, are the Oilers cup? or playoff contender, a bubble team, or a rebuild? This season, the, the Oilers are a playoff. playoff team. Yes. The Jets? Playoff team this year. Canadians? Bubble. Bubble team this year. And if we had a typical division alignment, I don't think that they would even be that. I think they'd be a bubble team. They'd be a team fighting for a wildcard spot. You'd, you'd have to consider that then they would have games against Boston, Tampa, Florida. I'm not saying they're going to be mm-hmm. top in their division. I'm saying that they are going to compete for a bubble spot, for a uh, wild card spot. I, I think I'm that, not saying they're going to make it. No, I'm I that they're going to compete. What I'm saying is that there would be four uh, playoff teams from the typical Atlantic division, and Montreal wouldn't be close to it. They, they might be in fifth, but points-wise, they wouldn't have come close. Oh, okay. Uh, Vancouver. Based off what we've seen this year, they who fucking knows they are a rebuilding team that thinks they're a playoff contender. Yeah, they but they're on the up. You could argue they're on the up. Their players are still are still fine tuning the parts of their game. They their have a top couple, six is on the up. Their bottom six in defense, for the most part, least, is, on, is down. Sure, goaltending's on the up. Demko's doing well. Demko's improving. Yeah. So I would say they are a rebuilding team that's on the up. Okay. The Senators, rebuilding team. Rebuilding that's on the team up. on the up, yeah. What are the Flames? They they were a bubble team that is now a rebuilding team. Are that's... they rebuilding? <laughs> I we'll find out this offseason if they sell off assets. No, they they are they are a formerly bubble team that should rebuild that thinks they're still a bubble team that's or, why they won't yeah that, that's they, why that they won't make the playoffs yes yeah because no what what are they they don't have a, a an achievable goal ottawa's achievable goal was improvement <laughs> be competitive but also lose more, more games than you win yes um and have a neg and have a better than negative 40 goal differential yeah which they do, but that the Flames are just they're just bad. I the Montreal should not feel threatened by the Calgary Flames. If Vancouver goes on a heater, that's the only team that Montreal should be threatened by. Like the North's pretty set in stone right now. The only thing that's going to be flip flopping is who finishes second, who finishes third, and even that Edmonton has one point on on the Jets with two games in hand. So. Hey. Here's something real quick, though, because we're running a little long. Um, Montreal has nine games left, I think it was. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, yes. eight, nine. 
four of those games are against the Leafs. Oh, fuck. Um, another two of them are against Ottawa, who has had Montreal's We've had number, their number this year. Further two against the Oilers, Ooh. who I believe have also had Montreal's number. The Oilers and have then, had everyone's number except for Toronto. And then finally, the Jets. Uh, it, it's a pretty even split between home and road games and Montreal 10, 10 and two at home, 11, seven and seven on the road. So it like their games against the Leafs are probably going to determine their playoff hopes. And the flames have two games against the Oilers, one against the jets, one against the senators and four against the Canucks. Yeah, the Canucks Flames games are going to decide uh, what, which one of them is going to be contending against Montreal. Yeah, but so it, I, I still feel like Montreal is going to make it just because. Like I it, have... it's so much ground for Calgary to make up. If Calgary had won that final game between the two of them um, in that uh, set last week, I think that there would be a lot better chance of Calgary overtaking Montreal. Um, yeah, but they didn't, so it's going to be a lot harder for them. Um, I, well, I, I think that, like, yeah, if that gap was just two points closer, then I, I would say that Calgary's going to overtake Montreal just based off of Montreal's schedule and how badly they're playing now. Plus, they're not going to have Jonathan Drouin. And Carey Price still isn't playing either. Yeah, but Carey Price isn't their best goalie. Uh, Jake Allen hasn't been very good recently either. And Carey Price is not their best goalie. Yeah. I That does not change my previous statement. Yeah. So there we go. That's uh, – did, did you have anything else you wanted to say? Mathematically, the Sens aren't eliminated yet. True, yeah. They are, ele- well, soon to be nine points back of Montreal, and Montreal will have two games at hand on Ottawa after both teams play tonight so mathematically not impossible yeah not Um, impossible but uh, practically practically impossible yeah essentially impossible (laughs) Mm -hmm. but hey we had the hamburger run this involves less games yeah about (laughs) although yeah how how far was andrew hammond down on your goaltending depth chart there uh fourth stringer i guess that's hogberg right no, this, Hogberg was our number two going in. That would be Decord for us. Well, at this point, though, Hogberg is your fourth stringer. Third. Matt Murray. Forsberg. Uh, Forsberg. I think Decord has passed Hogberg. Decord's injured. Yeah. Uh, so are the other ones. <laughs> Hog, Hogberg's played really well those last few games. Uh, in the last 10, 15 games, we've actually gotten some real good goaltending from basically everyone. Yeah. All right. Well, that's uh, that's everything for today. Uh, we've got to go. The Leafs are about to drop the puck here, and I want to go watch that while I. Oh, your game. Your game's important enough to that we got to stop the show. But my it game... is my game is between uh, two playoff teams. <sighs> Fuck off. <laughs> All right. So uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, make sure that you're following the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at Little Hockey Pod. You can follow me, Jordan, on Twitter at. J small one seven seven one. 
and you can follow Keegan at L-I-L underscore little 28. I'm trying to find, yeah, that's the right thing. Sure. Make sure you're subscribed to the show on your favorite podcasting app um, and rate and review the show wherever you can. We'll uh, try to read any five-star reviews from Apple Podcasts. And um, yeah, until next time, we'll uh, catch you later, everybody. See you guys.